0: gentlemen welcome to another episode of the voice of neuro solo round this one is titled ship it at 80 percent ship it at 80 percent ship what at 80 percent hang on i'm gonna tell you all about it so this is a sort of reflection of 2020 for me personally my business my career my content my schedule my life work-life balance all that sort of stuff linked to the solo podcast I did near the beginning of this year. And the reason I went with the title Ship It at 80% is because that's the area that I really want to improve on moving into 2021. Because I think that I made a few mistakes just with my mindset in creating content, refining and polishing content, and then publishing content that I could do better at by better understanding how people consume content. Now, I don't know everything. I'm kind of learning on the job with all this stuff. It's a wild west for me making podcasts, making videos. And for me personally, I tend to do better just going for it. I'm not really a person who prepares a whole bunch for things. I don't need to have a roadmap for everything that I do. Sometimes I just go, trust my instincts and have a good time and try to push further and harder than other people in the field. This is a very competitive business. Basically, for a content creator on Twitch or on YouTube or on Patreon, wherever, I am competing with the other creators for value of your time. So I'm trying to make high value content that is useful to you in some way. That could be entertainment value. It could be some kind of educational value of learning more about StarCraft or about mindset, it could be community value where I'm connecting you with other like-minded individuals and people who share similar interests, similar uh, vision for how we should conduct ourselves in online settings and that kind of thing. All of those are points of value, but I can't just assume that if I make a thing that people will browse it and people will consider it to be valuable. So that's a process that I need to be constantly evaluating. And working on and there were a few key pieces of content that I want to reference through 2020 that made me want to shoot for this ship it at 80% idea one of them is the brunt IRL video where I went across the country from Texas to Seattle I was moving just as a personal move I have a bunch of family in this area and I have more friends in the Seattle area than I did in the Austin area. I also like the climate up here. So since I work from home, might as well work where I want to live. So I moved to Seattle and on the way, I thought it would be really funny to do a delivery quest video where my character who is role playing as a torn warrior gets delivery quest and has to go from. Texas, where I started, to Washington, where I finished the trip. So it was a rather large undertaking in terms of how much ground was covered. It would just be maybe 5 minutes to 10 minutes of time where I jump out of the car, run away from the road a little bit so I'm more in the natural setting, wherever I was, film a little bit of me running and talking about the quest and the difficulties of it and the lore of the character. And I felt like it was a really good idea. And that if it was polished and refined enough, that it could potentially go viral. And this is connected to my overall uh, wrongheadedness, I would say, of what I expected from playing a bunch of Classic WoW and leading a guild. I had the fantasy of maybe one of these videos just takes off big time. Maybe some of the big WoW streamers see it. People think it's hilarious. And then all of a sudden, whenever I'm streaming WoW, and doing these uh, weekend raids and stuff. I'm just going to have heaps of viewers and that kind of thing. That was what I had as a fantasy stewing about in my head. However, I missed my edge that I had when I was building a StarCraft community and scene and brand name as Neuro. Part of the reason I was successful as Neuro was that I was just straight up online more than other people. I streamed for more hours than every single StarCraft streamer who was on at that time except for one person who slept on camera. So I basically say for being awake on stream, I was number one for a pretty long stretch of time. And that just meant that if someone goes to Twitch, they go to StarCraft, they're looking for a stream, I'm on. And that's how I marketed myself just by being online more, which is a high volume of content that I was delivering. If I wanted to take a legit stab at World of Warcraft content, I would also want to think about playing to my strengths. One of my strengths is health. I tend to be a fairly healthy person. I don't have any major pre-existing conditions. Thank you, nature and the card deal of life. So I can stream for a long time without much detriment to my health. I can also just work pretty hard. But I didn't do that with the WoW content because I was trying to get lucky and trying to make sure that that video was perfect, that that video was amazing. I had two different people uh, work on editing it. Uh, both of them are amazing at what they do. After Image, uh, you can find them on Twitter, did a lot of the effects for it. Uh, they also did some effects for the classic WoW, the playable classes video, which I also did. And honestly, I'm really proud of both of these wow videos, they took a lot of time and effort. They did get plenty of editing and reviewing, and I was just sort of hoping for these to be big winners rather than saying, all right, film it, edit it, ship it right away. I wanted to focus on having the best possible launch time. And it was like, when is the best time of the week to launch this? Where do I need to post? If I'm going to launch this, I should just launch it and then start the next video. If I want to make wow videos, I make wow videos. If you want to create content, you don't just make one thing and hope that it's going to be the dankest meme of the year. It's an exaggeration. I wasn't quite that far along, but I did have my hopes set really high. I wasn't being very realistic and I wasn't thinking about my strengths. And this is something that I talked with Nave and some about, which is the effort involved in the final percentages of polish on a piece of content or a game. If you're a game developer. Getting your game to 80% done is way faster of a process than getting it from 95% to 99%. Sort of similar to climbing the ladder as well. You can climb up to uh, Platinum League really fast if you have a build order that is optimized and economical. Getting from Platinum to Diamond, that's a good bit harder. Getting from Diamond to Masters, that is a feat. That is very difficult. And then getting from masters to GM is a legendary meme. And I think it was one of the happiest moments of my life when I got promoted to GM for the first time. And creating videos is sort of a similar way, where you can create an 80% quality video, 80% quality podcast. You can ship it. Yes, it is 20% scuffed, but if the main ideas are present, if the value is present, then it might be better to ship it then than to ship it at 95%. So I'm gonna ship stuff at 8%. I was thinking some about the videos and podcasts that are produced and how much repeatability is in each of them. A lot of people will listen to a podcast once, enjoy it and they're done and they never listen to it again. So if I pour my heart and soul and energy for three weeks and trying to think of the best idea of one topic and then Only ever record when I feel like I'm having the best day of the week, I'm not going to make very much content at all. So for podcasts, 80% I think is what I want to do a check in with. How do I feel today? Do I feel like I'm at 80%? If yes, if there's a thing that I want to do, fucking do it, get it out of the way, get some feedback on how it can be better, and then improve as we go. So on the job production, on the job learning. And then feedback after the fact so I can lead into the next one with a few lessons here or there and then improve as we go. Because that's what I did building the stream for StarCraft. That's what I should do. Building a podcast, building a YouTube channel and that kind of thing. So to go back to the 2020 goal set uh, podcast that we did, I was really looking to be more scheduled this year and I achieved that. I've been raiding starting at 1 p.m., sometimes we're 10 minutes late, uh, for pretty much the whole year. I've only missed a couple raids, so I've been able to be a very consistent main tank for the guild. A very consistent guild leader, always present for them. We've been doing Dungeons and Dragons for pretty much the whole year as well. Wayfarers has been an incredible journey. I've really enjoyed every single episode with this fam. We have an awesome crew of people. Thursdays, 9 p.m. Pacific time, usually every other week, holiday season, we've had some weeks off, but I'm very, very proud of that content. And a thing that I also want to hammer home for myself too, is it's more important to make content that I'm excited about and that I'm proud of than content that I think is going to get lucky and make a ton of money. You have to pay rent as a content creator. That's a fact. So the stuff that you do needs to at least allow you to pay your bills. But beyond that, making stuff that you really enjoy is going to add a lot of natural human energy and excitement, which is fun for other people. I would wager to guess that a lot of you really like seeing when I'm super enthused about something. I'm really passionate about a topic. I'm really into it and I feel like there's a lesson to be learned here and it matters. That sort of energy, it gets people fired up and it's fun. and Heck, we know that we could use all that energy we can get in 2020. It's been a heckin' and shit show. So anytime someone has some inspiration, has some optimism and some positivity and some hope, please, God, yes, we absolutely need that. So scheduling, check, we've done it. We've had a year where mostly I'm keeping to some sort of a schedule. For many other years, I used to rotate around the clock where sometimes I was streaming in the morning hours Sometimes I was streaming in the later hours, but you would have to have watched streams for the past couple weeks to know where I was at the time. Whereas now, ballpark, you know when to find me live on Twitch, which is good. It also makes it easier for me to collaborate with other people because I have a more predictable kind of schedule. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was my expectations for Classic WoW versus guild leadership um yeah guild leadership in classic is no joke it is a massive undertaking i went into this with no guild leadership experience from previous iterations of wow in vanilla i was just a random off tank who got made fun of because they could hear me clicking my abilities instead of using key presses for stuff i did remedy that and now i use the core in starcraft and got gm so There was a lesson to be learned from that, but it was an embarrassing moment for me back in the day. And I wouldn't have counted myself to be a particularly good player back then. But in Burning Crusade, I did get up to gladiator rating, and I had a guild, but it was a bunch of elitist tryhard PVP people who just hung out and queued for arena. So I wasn't actually doing administration, making decisions for that group. It was just a a gang of people who are good at PVP. So. Moving into Classic, I had a lot of people from the Neuro community, Starcraft fans, people who played while back in the day, who were really excited about hitting Classic, and we all decided to run a guild together and I was going to lead that. It ended up being pretty different than I expected. The meta of Classic is not the same as it was back in vanilla. There are a thing called world buffs, where people basically sit around in the main town and wait for someone to turn in a quest item which gives a large buff to the city and those buffs are so goddamn strong that if you want to be competitive in the parses warcraft logs basically the way they measure how fast and how much damage you're dealing if you want to be competitive in that you have to get all these buffs and then park your character logging it out and not playing it until it's time to raid which for a lot of people feels really icky it's like You get your car souped up so it can go really fast and then you just save it in the garage. You don't get to play it during that time. You're just waiting to play it later. That's kind of a bummer. Many people don't really like that, but that's how it is. That's the meta that we ended up getting. And not only that, the social maneuvering in a 40 person environment is something I didn't really think about the gravity of. 40 people in a room trying to get along is tough. You have people from all over the world. We have players from Australia, Hawaii, Canada, the United States, many countries in Europe. And there are some different just cultural clashes that happen where in some culture, it's kind of okay to just be direct and to the point and frank about stuff. And in other cultures, that's seen as very offensive and judgmental and that kind of thing. And as a guild leader, you have to decide what is the culture of this guild? Are we... A wholesome friendly supportive guild are we an edgy toxic results oriented guild there was a key moment that we had where some of our officers were trying to shift the direction of the guild and they didn't agree with my vision for things but they worked really hard and they did improve us in a lot of major ways so i respected their hustle and i tried to compromise with them and find common ground and try to move forward in a positive way But it got to the point where they were basically trying to grab the helm of the ship from me and they wanted to make it their guild. So we have battles that we've had to fight through this. We've had some troublemakers too, who just consistently get into fights with people and to effectively lead a guild, you have to be the person who is ultimately making those decisions of what are the boundaries of what we will allow in this community what is out of bounds and when do we take action against people who go out of bounds too much. It's been a massive exercise in learning leadership skills, very fruitful in the sense that I feel like I'm learning stuff that I didn't know before. None of this translates into money though. So I've had less streaming hours this year as a result of needing to have person to person conversations off stream hours. I'm not going to make a show of the fights that people have in the guild. This is personal issues and they didn't ask to be on TV. So I wanna respect their privacy and not like get people's names and be like, look at all these people who did dumb shit or people who are doing bad stuff in the guild. I don't wanna do that. That's not very cool. So I wanted to respect the experience of the people in the guild and prioritize that and just try to give them the best classic WoW experience that I can, but God damn, it takes a ton of energy. And it's, uh, it's been a hell of a ride. I'll probably talk about it more in another episode that's more focused on just the full story of the guild through the phases. But over the course of 2020, guild leadership has been a major place where my energy has been going, a place where I've been learning a lot of life lessons, getting kind of punched in the face with stuff and just having to get back up again and set an intention of courage. There was a quote that I read on my flight home from visiting my family for Thanksgiving that jumped out at me yesterday when we got some really bad news with the guild that I had to deal with and I want to share with you here so this is from Hagakure which is the secret wisdom of the samurai by Yamamoto Sunetomo and on page 98 he says it is not sufficient just to remain calm in the event of catastrophe or emergency. When challenged by adversity, charge onwards with courage and jubilation. This is rising to a higher level. It is like saying, the more water there is, the higher the boat rises. That really blew my mind because I had the anchor point of, if there's a catastrophe or a crisis, you should be calm because other people are panicking. But this is saying go even further than that and have courage and jubilation that you are fired up by facing this really big challenge. And I've had some moments this year, especially related to guild leadership, but also some other stuff where you feel like you hit the mat just from taking so much damage of bullshit that you have to deal with and 2020 already sucks. And then you have stuff that sucks on top of that. You hit the mat And there were moments where I just felt like this is the challenge that I have signed up for. I chose to be in this position. Therefore, this challenge that is being issued is being issued to me correctly. I didn't want to have an easy time. I mean, I expected an easier time than we've had, but that's not something that was ever guaranteed to me. And I went into this mostly blind. So some of it is just a a rude awakening exciting wake up call and that's been uh that's been quite the journey i'm i would say that i don't regret doing this at all i would say a lot of the pain and the suffering and the struggle and the hard work for this is invisible to most of the starcraft community most of my viewers and supporters and stuff they don't see a lot of what goes into this there are some uh, shout out to apoptosis shout out to my brother uh Patara, aka Foxhound, like people who have been officers in the guild who also have known me as Neuro. They've been at the table with me when we're making a lot of these tough decisions and they've helped a lot. I think that is one of the most important things in being successful as a leader is creating a group of people who can rely on you and you can rely on them. Because if you can work together as a unit. As a team, anytime one of you gets knocked down, you've got four to five other people who pick you back up again. They have something encouraging to say, some positive way forward, and they can also share a lot of the load of the responsibilities. By personality, I'm more of a diplomat leader than a dictator. I don't really like just straight up issuing different commands and saying, we're doing this now. Fuck that thing that other people wanted, it's this period. I like to have a discussion and a debate. I love votes. We've done a lot of votes and that's one of my favorite things uh, about leadership is whenever you think that the people want this and you put up a vote and we've had a couple of them where they just vote unanimously against it. Like that that is a bad idea and no one likes that idea. And we were caught off guard by some of them. Like we weren't hard set on making something the case, but we thought, yeah, they're going to love this. We push the idea out there as a vote and they say, fuck no. That's refreshing. It's good to know that we can't anticipate what everybody wants. And if you don't know, it's good to ask. So the votes in just getting the feedback from what people want and being able to shape their experience based on their feedback is really nice. And I I like leading that way. Some people don't. Some people are more in the authoritative style, which can be fine. That can work for... A lot of different guilds but by personality I prefer to be more of a bridge than an endpoint if I am at a dinner table I don't want to be a person who's on one end of the political spectrum and then proselytizing and judging people and saying no you're wrong and I'm right I want to sit at the table with a conservative and a progressive share a meal and find some common ground and help them to be less shitty to each other that's kind of the the stance that I try to take for things. It doesn't mean that I'm necessarily a centrist, but uh, that's the stance that I like to have. Uh, I mentioned most of these things on the note, different content types that I do. Currently, It's StarCraft content is my primary for uh, generating revenue. That's the stuff that I've streamed the most and made the most videos of, so that makes a bunch of sense. I am curious, and if anyone wants to give me feedback on this, whether it would be better to put my StarCraft videos on one channel and then my WoW videos on another channel because I think there is pretty high potential for people to learn from the WoW content that I make. I make tanking guides. So I show people this is the boss. These are the mechanics. This is how I fight the boss. These are the the things to watch out for. And I've gotten some really positive comments from people who watch them. They like how it was explained and it helped them with their stuff, but I'm thinking about the StarCraft viewer who is watching the YouTube channel. They see a video of a funny game. They learn a thing or two from it. They laugh. They see a tanking guide posted and they don't play Classic WoW. And they're kind of like, "Uh, what do I do with this? And that's the majority of the people who subscribe to the NeuroZerg YouTube channel is they want StarCraft and Zerg content. So let me know what you think about that. Uh, I'm kind of curious about it. It would be a little bit more overhead, but not a ton to just have a brunt warrior sort of channel, but I'm trying to be aware of that and just listen to what other people have to say. There are some lessons this year that I wanted to mention too. Like some people will take issue with the content you're making, not because it's bad or it's wrong, but because it's not their style. And it's not your job to create content to everyone's liking. I've had a few different Reddit posts where I end up on the Starcraft subreddit for something that gets a bunch of upvotes. And then there are a couple grumpy people in the comments who say, I wish the Neuro Zerg would stop doing all those dumb voices and characters. And he would just like be serious more often and that kind of thing. I'm not gonna change. I'm a silly goose. That's just how I, I'm made. I like being silly. I like character acting. And a lot of people love Jimothy. They like summoning Abathur and hearing all the different voices and effects and that sort of thing. So everyone who cheers me on with that, I appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to be a silly goose and enjoy what I do and not really feel like I have to be overly serious and dry all the time. I can cut loose and have a lot of fun as I'm making stuff. So yeah, the the content types... I'm being aware of uh, podcast stuff. I would like to ship more of this to you. Uh, if you think of ideas for solo topics, I would like to hit more solo topics too. It doesn't have to be something that is fully scripted for this particular episode, ship it at 80%. I just have a rough outline of some bullet points that I wanted to hit. I'm not reading anything. No paragraphs have been lined up in advance. It's more of, these are the main ideas that I wanted to discuss. And then we can jump to a conversation and just trust our instincts, just use our eloquence that we have, and maybe say some words that you enjoy listening to. And that goes back to Bruce Lee talking about all knowledge ultimately means self-knowledge, knowing yourself and your strengths and weaknesses. I'm trying to know myself. What are my strengths, improv, being able to do stuff on the fly having energy and health and having a lot of optimism. I wake up happy in the morning most of the time. So I really want to share that positive energy, that vibrance, and that inspiration with you guys. What am I bad at? Planning, organization, like preparation of stuff ahead of time. I need help with those things. I can do that sometimes, but that takes a lot more effort than just firing up a stream and getting at it. And for next year, I want to be a lot less hesitant about shipping content. 80% is good enough for most forms of content. If it's a big thing, like if I do a class for StarCraft on, say, how to do camera mechanics, and it's an hour long class, I would want to have a full set of notes, be very prepared for that, and have it be a very strict and maybe 90% to 95% quality piece. If it's a podcast, 80%, we'll go. If it's a MS Paint tutorial thing, 80%, we can go. It doesn't need to be the most perfect game. I do get hassled by some people in YouTube comments saying that, oh, you can't use this video as a guide. The opponent just threw the game. Jeez Louise, for Pete's sake. These are like 5.1k MMR players who are just shy of GM, and they get their stuff shut down by me, and then... The happy buddies in the comments who are maybe gold, maybe blow diamond, who would have been completely smashed by this opponent, say that the video is invalid because I didn't beat a high enough level player for this particular guide. So, I'm just going to make the guides. You can let me know if it's good or bad, but I'll work on being less hesitant and just shipping it. Just ship the content so you can work on shipping the next thing. More overall content is good. Most things are only going to be watched or listened to once. So it doesn't need to be perfect. And that's an overall life lesson for a lot of people where you can be trapped in indecision. If you feel like I have to make the perfect decision here. And in life, there are so many unknowns. You don't know what the perfect decision is going to be. And many times it's impossible to know you've got two doors or four doors before you. And you have to go through one of them. And maybe you have a clue about what's behind each door, but that's it. But you have to go. You have to go through one of them. So you're just gonna wing it, go with your best bet and see what happens. Maybe you went through the wrong door, but if you couldn't have known that that was the wrong door, you can't beat yourself up. So just play your situation as best you can from where you are at any given point. It's tough, it's complicated, but if you maintain some forward motion, you make stuff that is uniquely your own and you ship it at 80%, you can do things, you can build and you can grow on Twitch, YouTube, and in the gymnasium as well. (laughs) Appreciate you guys. I wanted to keep this one fairly succinct, short and sweet just giving you an overall review of my year, some major lessons and things like that. Oh, I forgot maybe one of the more enjoyable things that I haven't really revealed yet, but I got mentioned uh, many times. When are you going to play in tournaments again, Nero? Next year, 2021, they do weekly online cups. Ship it at 80% is going to apply to my tournament performance as well. I've been hesitant about playing in tournaments because I know for a fact that I'm not at my best form. There have been periods where I was not leading a classic WoW guild and I was focused entirely on playing my best and I was top 50 GM. So I'm looking at these online cups and saying, nah, I'm not at my best. So I'm not going to play because it would tank my Ligulac MMR. I would lose more than I was uh, winning or losing back then. So it would be a minus to my rating, but. Who cares about the rating, honestly? If I just get into that tournament environment, I can improve in that environment and also work on just dealing with the higher stress because playing in an online cup is higher stress than playing ladder matches. So if I just exercise in that dojo for longer, I will acclimate and be more ready so that when my skills do shoot up to 5.7 or maybe eventually 6K at some point, then I will have gained that experience when I was at a lower rating and I'm just more comfortable in that space. So 2021, look for more stuff. Uh, I'll be shipping stuff at 80%. You can tell me that it's 20% scuffed and I will say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. That is the point. Enjoy. Just deal with it. That's just, it's character. You know, when someone sees a a piece of art or something and there's a piece that's like kind of messed up, that's just giving it a little bit of character. It makes it more human and authentic. So You'll see some tournaments, online cups. You'll see me get knocked out, maybe to some dumb builds. And you'll say, wow, I was really cheering for you, neuro." Own- yeah, well, too bad. You wanted to see me play in tournaments, but I can't play perfectly. But I can put on a show for you. So hope you enjoyed this conversation. Hope you all have a good holiday season. And I sincerely hope that 21, uh, 2021 is not a repeat of 2020. I'm gonna be optimistic, but even if it is catastrophe, even if it is crisis, we can press on with courage and jubilation, knowing that we survived this shit show of a year and we will survive the next one too. Stay hydrated, stay rested, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself and to other people, and be strong. And I will see you all on the next one of the Voice of Neuro.